There is no monster more terrifying than that which we are capable of becoming. We can't stop the transformation. When we try, it's only numbing. No matter the mask we use to hide, or how we choose to disguise, the autumn moon reveals that which the fog conceals. Now there's nothing to be scared of anymore. Good evening, and welcome to Gore, a horror podcast to keep you up at night. I'm the Wicked Kitten, always getting into mischief, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, TV's Travis. I have a sudden urge to go bark at the moon. I see a bad moon rising. Also with us is the endearing, the ethereal Faye. Hi, hi. And lastly, the dread you've been feeling since you hit play on this podcast, Dreadly. Hello. I was waiting for somebody to do that. <laughs> I hesitated, but then I was like, no, no, no. Bad doggy. Bad dog. No. Oh, wait. Well, <laughs> so, uh, been two weeks. What you doing? What you watching? How you been, Travis? Oh, you know. Uh, pretty good. Wrapping up. Uh, we wrapped up our four episode crossover with Wait You Haven't Seen. That was fun. Thank you guys for, for coming on as always. Uh, I had a lot of fun with doing all that. Wait, we were on the show? Yes. I am nearly done with um, Alan Wake remastered uh, and still just loving the shit out of that game. It's just mm-hmm. like, and the remaster is such a good uh, update to it. Um so that's mostly what I've been playing that in Marvel Snap. I've been sucked into that game and I can't get out. Oh, yeah. Have you oh. hit any of the weird paywall thingies and stuff or you still free? No, I'm, I'm still in the free area, um, but I'm kind of stuck in the mid 30s rank wise. I'll go up a little bit and then I'll go back and up and back and back and forth. And I, I'm just fiddling around trying to find a good deck to play with. <laughs> Just like a Saturday night in this house. Yeah. <laughs> Up and down and back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody needs to clip that whole section out. So, Faye. How what can you top that? What you watching? How you been? Don't I haven't played that game. Uh, but uh, <laughs> for mobile games, uh, Marvel Strikers is what I've been playing like crazy. Oh, I've been but another Marvel. Released. Yep. Is that soccer? No. That's Mario Strikers. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse no, me for making a correlation. <laughs> it's more RPG. Oh, uh, it's Marvel, so you use all of Marvel to fight things. Yep. It'd be way better um, if it was soccer. <laughs> um, no, uh, I finished The Midnight Club uh, on Netflix, I think it's on. Uh <laughs> It, mm-hmm. It's very good. I recommend it for everybody. Um, I got to get of... on that. Yes, everybody does. Yeah, we did play some more Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I, I I love my assassin lady. <laughs> it was a very odd, uh, odd game involving time. Yes, every time we went through certain doors, we jumped in time. 
Huh. Oh. That got really fun when we would have different versions of our characters. Like you go into a room and yeah. then a different version of somebody would run in and say something and then leave. Oh, great. You're, you're here. And then take <laughs> off. Some doubles. And you follow them out there and there's no one there. That's creepy. And, and, and it's fun because it was scenes that never actually ended up happening. we figured out how to defeat the thing so quickly (laughs) yeah which seems to be our problem (laughs) I mean that that seems like the solution though right I mean it was a solution Uh, poor keeper (laughs) um yeah that's Pretty much it. I haven't really been playing any video games because work. Dreadly. How are you? What have you been up to? I am good. Please play this back at double speed. And no. Uh, I am good. Um, I I also... (laughs) I I also played some of uh, that Marvel Snap thing, and I already got bored of it and uninstalled it. Hey, thrilling! Well, yeah. Uh, and I also uh, did some Call of Cthulhu preparation for a campaign that we're starting soon. That will yes. be fun. I'm trying to build a character. And I suck at this. And then once you get your character, that character will die and you'll get another character. <laughs> yes. Uh, should, 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 should we tell Dreadly what my, uh, how, how well I rolled for my character? <laughs> I mean, so far, but what's going to end up happening is your character is going to end up insane. Because you either die or become insane. And then you kill all the other characters. Yeah, I have the problem of having characters that have a, a terrible relationship with gravity. I fall down. <laughs> my characters fall down flights of stairs. They get blown out of caves and fall yeah. off of uh, fall through a waterfall. Like it, it's bad. Uh, but yeah, your your character is going to end up going insane and killing us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my stats. I mean, there's nothing lower than a seventy. Yeah, which will be. Not as good as you think it is when you need it. Yeah, at some point that's going to come back to bite you. Yeah, it's going to come back and bite me sometime. (laughs) Yeah. Now the the campaign that we're playing uh, in the book, it says something like uh, test playing uh, had like a, what was it, 75% mortality rate or something. (laughs) So uh, we started with two characters each, uh, just to be sure. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's a game of attrition. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what else have I been doing? Well, uh, there's this new show on Netflix that came out this week that we're just recording. Uh, namely, The Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes. And uh, just to show how much I love all of you, I'm recording this score episode while I could be watching... 
<laughs> two new episodes that just released today, and it's the two episodes I'm mostly interested in because it's the Lovecraft ones. But no, I'm here. Nah, they're on Netflix. They're not going anywhere. Your commitment yeah. to us is just, it's everything that we dream Thank of. You. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, but I do like their uh, release schedule of two episodes a day instead of a week or everything all at once. It's like two a day, mm-hmm. like four days. <laughs> uh, but the four episodes I've seen so far are uh, nice. I'm going to say nice. Yes. I'm not going to spoil anything. It's nice. very... Uh, Guillermo del Toro actually like walks out in the beginning of each episode and like introduces it and introduces the director. And there's just something about that that I really like. What did he's, I say when we were watching it? I was like, it's classy or something. Like, he's, it's he's, fancy. He's becoming a modern day Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. I he, like he it. looks like one. It's like Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> presents. Uh, and his accent is just adorable. Yes, he has the greatest accent. Yeah. yeah. There's something really special about the show. And we're only four episodes in. And obviously it's an anthology. So, you know, it's the same thing as any anthology show that you watch. Uh, it's going to be episodes you like and episodes you don't. It's just, you know, the mm-hmm. nature of the beast. Let's just say one of them even creeped me out. And I'm yeah. not easily creeped in. But yeah. I was like, like, I literally said to, to Wicked, why is this still going? Why is this <laughs> not ended yet? Why? Why? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But anyway, uh, definitely go check that out. Yeah. And they're like, they're hour long episodes or something, yes. right? It's 40, One hour. 40 something minutes. So uh, they're nice meaty chunks of whatnot. So like longer than Tales from the Crypt and Creepshow. And um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm also watching that um, Cabinet of Curiosities with Dreadly. Um, I started watching Barbarian. I'm probably going to wait in case, in case Dreadly wants to watch it too. But uh, just because Scott recommended it on the show and I'm like, you know, people keep telling me about this and now it's on HBO Max. So let me check it out. Uh, I'm not far into it and it's already weird as hell. So um, I recommend half of this movie so far. (laughs) That's all I can say. Uh, when I get a chance to actually finish it, I'll give a full recommendation, I guess. But it's worth a shot. If it's a Scott one, he's like, you know, he's all about like that hereditary midsummer kind of horror. And it's very absurd. It's like very absurd horror. Maybe that's a new genre. But I think it's time that we uh, peek around that corner and give you some highlights of horror news. Uh, just the short story that I wanted to point out is that they announced a new Saw movie. New Saw movie? For next year. The fuck you say. Which is not really a surprise because come on now. However, the important something? part. 
I'm sorry. It, like, can I ask, like, without knowing anything about this, because I haven't heard anything. Okay. Are they just calling it Saw? Uh, on IMDb, it's currently listed as Saw 10, which okay. I doubt will be the final name because the previous ones, they had Saw until 7, but then 8 <laughs> and 9 were like different. You know, one was Spiral. That was the and the other one was right? Jigsaw. So yeah. they're not really numbered. So I doubt, I think that's just a temporary title for now. However, the reason why I'm talking about this is that Tobin Bell will be returning. Hey! Oh, should have never left. Exactly, because the last movie was without him, and that was the most annoying part of that movie. I didn't see the last one. I didn't um, see the last one either. Well, as I said, they they used another voice for the tapes, and uh, you know, mm. I want to play a game. That's that's and a that's hard his thing. voice. His voice is what makes that great. And yeah. they messed up, but he's back. I've, I've only seen the first two. Well, we'll watch. <laughs> really, all you of them escaped with point. only two scars? Uh, I've only seen the first one. Oh, we'll watch all of them, Travis. We'll watch. Oh all yes. Of them. So I used to, <laughs> I used to go to, um, when they were like coming out in theater, my friend worked at the theater and, um, they like after the first one, obviously they would have like a, Oh, we're going to show the set, the first one. And then you can watch the second one. And then they started having like marathons basically. So they would, play the first and the second movie and then you could watch the new third one and then the same thing for the fourth one. So like up until five, I would go on this yearly trip of re-watching the older movies. Obviously for free, mind you, because I didn't have to pay. Because um, my friend worked there. You get what I'm saying. And so that was fun. No, a lot of the later ones are not great, but there's a lot of good deaths and you know, I enjoy well, like that. what they do with the story. There's, I, mm, <laughs> the whole, uh, some of it is just, uh, <laughs> Jigsaw. I will say Jigsaw is the one that's good because that's the oh, one yeah. that has like the, it's just Don't got more star story Don't to it. it. Huh? Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Just saying, I feel like the story in that one is better. Yes, it had a. It even surprised me. It had it had a story, whereas like some of the other ones are just like, you know, it's like CSI saw or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, for this show, I'll watch them, but I never had a desire to watch anything past the first one, and I didn't even watch the first one for several years after it came out. Did you like the first one? The first one is a, a really good, tight little horror movie. Um, and it, uh, it it's an interesting setup. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, I've seen that now. And if the if what I hear is right, they're just the same thing over and over, only dumber. So <laughs> move on. Yeah, but then eventually one of the sequels, they pick up again and then it, it's better again. Does it? I stopped watching, I think, after five. So I think like the first sequel and the second one, they didn't know what to do except make sequels to a, you know, 
a hit. Ah, <laughs> uh, but then they actually get a new plan, and then things get better. But yeah. So, so Nusa. Uh, Nusa. And I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, second story is about, uh, not about movies. Well, uh, it's also about movies, mm-hmm. but mostly games, but also a movie, but also games. I'm talking about Silent Hill. Yeah. So many, so many Silent Hill announcements after mm-hmm. so, so many years of nothing. Nothing. Yeah. But we're what? getting a remake of Silent Hill 2. And kind of linked to that, they're making a new movie. Yes. Based on Silent Hill 2. <laughs> By the same director of the first ones. Yeah. yeah, and I like, I very much like Christoph Gans. Oh, I yeah. love his, his visual style. I mean, Brotherhood of the Wolf is a movie I will champion um, as a, a really fun, crazy movie. And uh, that was his, like, that was basically the movie that got him to, to, to be able to do the first Silent Hill. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Yep. Because we know from the first movie that he knows Silent Hill. He mm-hmm. loves Silent Hill, so he's doing it oh, yeah. well. And Silent Hill 2, let's face it, is probably, well, not probably, is the best Silent Hill story and everything. So, yeah, excited about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy is just like all about Silent Hill, which is great. Yeah. You want to have someone who understands the, you know, what they're you know, digging their hands into because the fans of Silent Hill are serious people. No lie. Like if you're still holding on to that game after all these years. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all we have. (laughs) So the last thing we're going to talk about in the news is, um, we're going to touch on the fact that we all watched Halloween ends since the last episode. Uh, so let's go around the the table, and I don't know. Whatever you want to say, if you want to say one word, if you want to say a paragraph, you know, it go ends. ahead. <laughs> what? It ends. <laughs> okay, that's about it. <laughs> Uh, so that's Faye's opinion. Travis. Look, I'm not going to say that it's terrible. It's I'm mixed on it only because it doesn't fit. It doesn't feel like it fits with the movies that they were making prior to that. But then again, kills kind of sort of didn't fit after the first movie either. So it just kind of, it's almost as if uh, David Gordon Green and the writers were just not really sure exactly what they wanted to do. They didn't have like a cohesive plan. Um, but saying all that on its own, I don't think it's horrible. I think it's still better than at least half of the other sequels. Yeah. So I would actually agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of confusing how the end of Kills tried to make him to being going towards a supernatural creature, and then they just pull that wool out from your feet. 
Yeah, it, it, they they had a weird buildup at the end of that movie that they didn't tr- they didn't even attempt to pay off, and it's a little odd. I mean, I'm still I will watch this trilogy of movies before I'd watch the Thorn Cult trilogy again. Um, <laughs> ten times out of ten, so um, and I I like it even though I don't hate hate the first Rob Zombie one. I it the these are still better than that because I think they treat. Overall, they treat Michael Myers a lot better in that they stick with him just being a dude that's messed up instead of trying to give you reasons behind it. That was my main problem with Rob Zombies was spending the first 45 minutes of the movie showing us his childhood and why he's all messed up. No, I don't want any of that. He's scarier when I don't know it. Um, So, Mm -hmm. eh, you know, I understand the divisive uh, reactions to Halloween ends and I totally get people not liking it, but I, I like, I feel like this movie will be liked a lot more the further we get away from its release. Like the more time that passes, I think the, the movie will garner kind of in a way that, uh, that season of the witch, the, the first Halloween three did where it took it a while before people kind of came around to, Oh, this is a fun, weird, you know, cheese ball eighties uh, horror movie. And it grew a following from that. And I feel like this movie will go that path much more than some other, some other movies would. So that's my opinion. Maybe that's why they use the font. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Could be. Mm. Dreadly. <sighs> and that's Dreadly's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> At least mine had words. <laughs> yeah, who needs words? I'll just insert phase words after my sigh. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, I steal your words from you. <laughs> no, we can share words. <laughs> you know, I Halloween isn't my favorite franchise in in all of horror land um not to say that there's anything wrong with it obviously it's a great you know bunch of movies and whatnot but i think i think that people who were really looking forward to like a good halloween ends or something were probably a lot more disappointed than i was like i I get it. It wasn't what I was expecting either, but. No, it definitely was not what I was expecting (laughs) at all. But I think I'm with you in that Halloween is not my favorite franchise. Halloween 1978 is my favorite of the slasher movies. Hands down. Like I love that movie, but as a franchise, Halloween is not a great franchise in part because it never should have been a franchise. Like not in the way it shouldn't have been a bunch of Michael Myers movies. Um, More season of the it witch. Have, oh. <laughs> it would have been better if it hadn't been. Um, Cause I think that Friday the 13th, I think is a better franchise because the way they set it up, fed into the franchise stuff a lot more. Um, same with nightmare on Elm street. I just, I don't feel like, like Halloween makes for a great franchise, especially when you get rid of like if you make it about Michael and uh, Lori all the way through completely. Yeah. 
but they, the, the idea, I mean, we talked about it in the last episode, the idea of Lori being his sister is dumb and tacked on because Carpenter didn't want to make the sequel, but he was under contract too. So he, he wrote the, the script in like two days um, and, and all that. So like, I just, I don't think it makes for a great franchise, but it has cool individual moments. The first movie, the third movie. Um, and I think this trilogy of movies, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing because I think that they have individually are actually really good horror movies. They just don't work in this idea of all being one story. Yeah. I, I actually was thinking that in, in this where, as I think, that Friday the 13th has like more well-rounded, like I could probably pick one that I didn't like and the rest are like either decently good or okay. Like in my opinion, but I look at Halloween and it's like, it has literally like three of the best like horror slasher movies of all time in there mixed with some of the worst shit I've ever seen, you know? So it's like, it's, it kind of evens itself out almost in the same way, but like, you know, it's a high and a low. In the mean. Yes. Like in, in the average, absolutely. But the difference between a good Halloween movie and a bad Halloween movie is so much more vast Mm -hmm. than the difference between the good and bad Friday the 13th, like Friday the 13th goes, goes up and down a little bit, but not that drastically. Halloween, it's like, it's either fucking amazing or what the hell am I watching? And why is this happening? Um, they doing? And there's not a lot of in between. So, But I will say that Halloween is probably my favorite uh, choose your own adventure at this point. Because you can literally just choose whichever timeline that you want now. And I think that's fantastic. I'm going to go with original Part two, I'm going to put seven in there, even though it makes no sense. <laughs> I think there's four different uh, paths you can go on. It's like four or five. Because you can go, you can go one, two, one, two, four. You can four, cut five, off ends if you want to, by the way. Yeah. You, you can just stop at kills and be like, that's the end of the movie. We don't know where he went. Like, <laughs> like you know, like that's where I'd stop watching it. Because... That's what I could do. But yeah, so those are our opinions. Would you like to hear more? Well, if you're a patron, maybe we'll do something on it. I don't know. Depends how lazy I am the rest of this month. It's been really busy. I got some Starship Troopers vibes there. Would you like to know more? (laughs) (laughs) Good movie, by the way. Great movie. We can do that. Right? Is that horror enough? Yeah. Technically. Giant giant alien bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Creature feature. It did scare me. Okay. Go ahead, Jeff. All the sequels will scare you. <laughs> oh yeah, There's brain a bugs. Shower scene. A co ed shower scene that I watched in that movie and I was like, No. 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 You're in the military. There's not really much else you can do. <laughs> did you have to take showers with the men? I never was in the military. She was well, no, I'm saying, you just said it, and it's the military. There's nothing else you can do. So I'm saying, like, is that what they do? Not like I you've do. been in the military, but... All the families have to shower together, too. They're all like... There's one like, shower. It's set in, but it's in the future. Who cares? 
Like, I don't want to be naked in front of dudes. I'm just saying. I don't want to be naked in front of anybody. Then you wait till they're done and then go in when you're alone. Well, maybe one or two people, but, you know, consentingly. The point is, this is still recording. Um, the point is, no, absolutely not. But it's a great scene. Anyway. And now for tonight's feature presentation. Don't you guys think this is an eerie place for a carnival? Nah, it's just the woods. We've been lost in these before. Yeah, but not at night and with all this fog. You're not scared, are you? No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. It's just, it's a full moon as well. Are we lost? Ooh, we could get our fortunes read when we get there. That's a great idea. Make a note, Travis. What? And after that, we can have some candy apples. Mmm. That sounds delicious. Make a note, Dreadly. What? Did anyone else hear that? Nope. It sounded like howling. There aren't any wolves in the woods out here, are there? Nope. Oh, good. Only werewolves. We're here. Aww, the fortune teller's on break. There's a Zoltan machine. We could ask him. How do you make this machine work anyway? I think you have to rub his lamp or say his name five times or something like that. Well, I'm not rubbing anything. I'm going to go hunt for a snack. Just push his button and he'll give you a card with your fortune on it. Okay, me first. Hmm. You'll meet a tall, dark stranger. My turn. Well, that's helpful. You don't have to run fastest. Just faster than one of your friends. Kind of odd. Mine just says, Dreadly is a werewolf. And the concession stand closed an hour ago. Heep! The Wolfman is a 1941 horror film written by Kurt Seidmack and produced and directed by George Wagner. The film stars Lon Chaney Jr., Evelyn Ankers, Claude Rains, Bella Lugosi, and Maria Ospinskaya. I'm going to assume that's how you say that. I apologize. In perpetuity. This film has the has had like the greatest influence on Hollywood's depictions of the werewolf legend. I feel it's really important to look back on classic movies, not just in respect for what built and influenced the movies that we watch now, but also because I'm constantly surprised by what I find in older cinema. So was this everybody's first time watching this? Oh, no, I've seen this quite a few times. I was going to guess you were the one. (laughs) I mean, apparently I've seen it. (laughs) because I remember about everything in this movie. So whether I've seen it as the movie or from bits and pieces in other movies that's playing in the background on TVs and stuff. So it absolutely plays in like so many movies. It it plays in a lot of movies, but it's also been redone how many times. And the story itself is the story of a werewolf. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I it, I remember I I remember the scenes in the woods. I remember uh the the gypsy uh lady uh 
you know, saying the quotes. And so, I mean, it's yeah, you I, definitely either I've movie. seen the entire movie and don't remember seeing it, or I've seen enough of the bits and pieces that it ended up being the full movie. Maybe and it is a short it movie. While you only, were a werewolf. It's, it's, <laughs> that it's, is possible. It's only 69 minutes long. Giggity. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so this was my this was my first time watching this. And it's not because I don't like older movies. I've seen a bunch of other things. Um just not monster movies. I don't know what that's about. But I'm I'm trying to rectify that on the show now. <laughs> and I really love this. It had Claude Rains in it, who I friggin' adore in almost anything. Uh, he is such a cute little man. You might remember him from Casablanca and other things. Um, but uh, it's classic for a reason. And God, the feeling like this movie's 1941. The feeling that I just got from watching the foggy forest scenes is just mm-hmm. it's like it's like magic. Like, I know it's not real. I know it's like, you know, the stage thing, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Like, it transcends special effects and, you know, what not, what have you. Like, there's a magic to this. It was a different... It, uh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to say it was a different time, I was going to laugh. <laughs> no, no. I... I it was interesting watching the old moving moving wall uh, for them driving down the street. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the matte painting of the castle or the, yep. the, the giant house, the mansion. Uh, so I that that kind of took me out of it at the beginning of the film. But most of the rest of the stuff was actually pretty good. I I enjoyed it. It's it's a very different era of filmmaking, and that era oh, of filmmaking has a very different feel to it when you watch it. Like I've talked about this because recently I watched an episode of Green Acres, which you can tell like there isn't a single scene of that mo- that show that is filmed outdoors, but you don't care. Like you can watch it knowing it's all done on a soundstage, and it doesn't matter because it has the feel of this small town. And it's the same thing here. The whole damn thing is is shot on sound stages, and really outside of the um, composited shot at the beginning or the 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 background on the driving shot, even the matte painting looks great. Like I can tell it's a matte painting when I'm watching it. At the time, you may not have been able to tell nearly right. as well. Um, and it, but it looks fantastic. It's a beautiful matte painting, and it yeah. fits in great. And then the way they shoot, like the way they do everything in the woods, it doesn't matter that it's a soundstage because you're not, everything's in so close, uh, the way they frame it all. Um, and it just looks, it looks great. And it's such a, such a gorgeous movie. Yeah. I love, uh, I love that. And this was, you know, universal monster movies, right? They were making them all. And this was kind of what I love about this one is this is one of the, the last kind of, uh, of the major, you know, new ones as far as like, not sequels and rehashing the stories necessarily, but it also has, you have Dracula in it. You have the invisible man in it. Um, you know, cause Claude Rains is the invisible man. Yeah. Well, 
he was uh, he was an extra. Um, but uh, I love Be- Bella Lugosi uh, showing up for his small part. Um, I lo- I'm with you. Love- oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm with you, uh, Wicked. I love uh, Claude Rains. Um, mm-hmm. Even Lon Chaney Jr. Uh, was Lon Chaney Jr. was really good in this. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He was a main character. Yeah, and and I don't, I never think about Lon Chaney Jr. being that like large of a person, and then you see him in this movie, and it's like, no, that dude was like six foot two and about two fifteen, two twenty. Like he's a big yeah. old dude. And it he helps just looked, that Claude Rains was like four eleven or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard to buy that you know Claude is his dad because he's just this tiny little person, and here's giant yeah. bear of a man but but by the um, way can i just point out really quickly that dread was like he he doesn't look old enough to be his father and i'm like claude reigns is 16 years older than lon cheney jr and there's there's no way that looked right he, he man claude reigns looked great oh claude right he did good job aging yeah. um also you didn't mention him uh in the cast rundown but ralph bellamy uh is in this as well yes and yes i I had forgotten he was in this and it's crazy to see him so young mm-hmm. because I, I can't, the same thing. I can't see Ralph Bellamy without picturing him as uh, one of the Duke brothers from trading places, trading places. And so I see him in something like, and then I just saw him a, you know, a few months back when I saw a pretty woman for the first time and he's in that. And that was his last film, 1990. Oh. So it was 59 years or 40, 49 years after this. Um, and it's just, it's, it was crazy to see him so young, but it's still like, I could tell, Oh, that's Ralph Bellamy. And he's one thing I noticed in this movie though. And maybe it's just me, but there were a lot of American accents in this Welsh town. <laughs> Did anyone else notice that? Um, <laughs> which I thought no. was interesting. It was the magic of Hollywood. You didn't yes. hear anything. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> yes. Oh no, no, because I'll tell you, like there the like my one of my favorite movies is The Shop Around the Corner, which is like the old version of You've Got Mail, and it's got Jimmy Stewart and mm-hmm. and it's in a it's in a Hungarian town, but everybody's just American. <laughs> and I'm like, what even is this? But it's this little shop in Hungary. Okay. If you say so. And what's funny is I talk, I have talked about that in some movies where it's like, just let people have their natural accent. But usually when I say that it's in a movie, like, you know, something like doom where you've got a bunch of English actors uh, and they're doing American accents for some reason, it's like, no, just let them have their accent. The movie's set in the future. Who cares? But in, in a movie like this, it's, it, it throws me off at first because it's like a period piece. And <laughs> it's just weird that they're in a, a town in Wales and, like I can maybe explain away Larry uh, because he's been yeah. in the United States for 18 years, but like why then is Ralph Bellamy not even, he's not even trying to do an accent and he's supposed to have grown up there and lived there his whole life. He's not, not even trying it at all. And you know what? It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> at the end of the day, I didn't care, but it just, it was a note I wrote down. I'm like, huh, awful lot of American accents in this Welsh town. Also, uh, the exchange rate at the time was uh, was one pound sterling to five American dollars. Imagine if that were true today, five to one. Wow, that's how that that's that was like how much. I mean, it's crazy because he wanted to buy that walking stick 
for uh, three pounds. And he's like, $15 for a stick of wood? Well, honestly, in 1941, it's a lot of money. Yeah, $15? That's like somebody's paycheck for the month, maybe? <laughs> like, geez. And you use that for a cane, Rich. It's a nice cane, though. Well, a good thing he did. Very nice cane. Silver tipped. Yeah. Silver handled. Yep. As we learned. This is the this is the movie that started the whole silver thing, though. That silver kills werewolves. I don't I even knew that too, just I think. hitting them was good enough. Like I always figured you had to shoot them in the heart with silver. Well, yeah, yeah, but once again, this is the first movie that that talks yeah. about the silver at all. So, I think that's kind of incredible. Like, it's basically just like invented. Well, yeah, because there's no like this isn't based on a literary. This isn't based on a on a novel like Dracula uh, or anything like that. Um, this was based on legends. And the pentagram too. Just want to point that out because uh, for for those of you who haven't um, listened to our episode on what you haven't seen about American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. but we talked about how there was the pentangle that we were <laughs> up about with the werewolves and stuff that was on the wall, and yep. um, and in this this started the whole pentagram thing. And what's really cool is that I watched like John Landis talk about it and how he was such a big fan of this movie. Um, And that's why, you know, he carried a lot of that stuff into his werewolf movie. So I thought that was, uh, well, yeah, I guess everybody just did it anyway, because it was just a great story. It was like it invented the, what do you call it? The... Well, we'll get to the 13 later, I guess, but you know. Yeah. Um, also, I, I will say that um, uh, the, what they were seeing was not a pentagram. It was just a star. Mm-hmm. So I had a little, I had a little bit of an issue with that, but that's, that's me putting star on my with pedantic. a circle around it. <laughs> it didn't connect the pentagram. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. It was dark, uh, you know, the shadows. and <laughs> It's a five-sided, wasn't it five-sided though? Yes. It's a five-sided star, but it was not a pentagram. Mm. So, no big deal. Whatever. I don't don't really care. That's true. I mean, like they said that the, (laughs) the, the, what was it? Because the reason that he used that imagery was because he had escaped, uh, what was it? Nazi-occupied poland or germany yeah so this was what um the the nazis would mark the jewish people with during that time with the star and so he kind of used that imagery what was still a star just yeah it's the star of david the six-sided star yeah that's how they were marked and Uh, so he would change that a little bit, but, but you know, yeah. also, by the way, a uh, $15 walking stick in 1941, uh, that is the equivalent of $302 today. Whoa. 
Well, you get real silver. No. Yeah. no. Finely handcrafted. Probably made out I'm of... I'm going to buy me one. Yeah. A rich mahogany. I don't know. Only buy a cane if you can pull it out and it's a sword, too. Like, that's oh, yeah. my... That's- it's my one rule. Like, if I'm going to get old, I'm going to be able to stab people, too. <laughs> we all going to have rules in life. <laughs> um, can I get a can I get a creeper alert? No, oh, uh, so no, nothing yeah. creepy at all. My <laughs> my first note while watching it again this time was, wow, you go right into the store and just immediately into super creep mode, talking about her <laughs> dressing table, like giving her information about her own room. What I'm really looking for is uh, something half moon shaped with spangles on it, golden. Oh, I'm sorry. We haven't any like that just now. Oh, yes, you have. Don't you remember? On your dressing table up in your room. In my room? Yes. Would you mind getting them for me? Just when he was looking through the telescope, I went, uh-oh, peeping Tom. <laughs> well, and, and well, yeah, I, I said that before he did that. The moment he looked through the desk, oh, he's going to look at girls. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's, he is going to look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asks her out and she says no. And so he asks her out again and she says no. And he does it like four more times and she just keeps saying no. And he shows up anyway. Uh, and she's and then, and, That's uh, where she works. <laughs> no, because she comes out and he's not there. And the look on her face, she's like, aww. She was waiting for her friend that came out no, afterwards. No, 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 no. She was. No, 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 no. Yes, yeah, she and was. Not only, but, but not only does he do that when he first shows up and he's super creepy, but then when he comes by later on, he just flat out is like, yeah, I was looking in your window with a, with a telescope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, honesty. I just points for your honesty, dude. But like. Like, that's I, really I creepy. <laughs> I don't want to know that. Like, you shouldn't be looking anyway. That makes you a creep. But to tell me. That's a level of, of confidence creep that yeah. I don't even want anything to do with. That is, I did appreciate that is balls of solid brass, is what that yeah. is. Because afterwards, she's like, Well, I shall have to close my curtains then. And he's like, Oh, enough for me. Don't mind me. Oh, don't do, don't do that. Oh. What? No, I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, it was just by accident for, uh, you know, looking to see if it worked, but don't. Close your curtains. Yeah, for this, is why, this is why I have blackout curtains now because creeping creepers. Yeah, so no. You know, she was there to meet her friend and they ended up going. And so I guess, you know. Going to get their fortunes read. Yep. Yeah. So it was very yeah, friendly. Little- she had a fiance that whole time, by the way, just pointing that out. Like, which I mean, honestly, lead with that. Like, if a guy asks you out, <laughs> maybe mention that at some point in that conversation instead of. I mean, like, like I totally to true. Like, absolutely true. Eventually, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, eventually, sure. Yeah, absolutely true. But also, remember that she didn't have to tell him anything. He should have taken no, but he oh, kept no. going. He's fully, a creep. fully agree with that. Such a creep. Um, the first no should have been enough, but she also, you know, would have maybe stopped the subsequent askings by saying, no, I'm engaged. 
I have no I mean, interest he, in one. He still continued it. to pursue her after he found out, too, though. Know, so he's still kind of a creep. Well, her, I mean, he's even more of a creep because of that. It just engaged like, dude even wanted to hang out with him. Huh? Like her fiance even uh, said, like, let's hang out with him. Because carnival. he wanted to show her that he wasn't jealous. <laughs> which yeah, is an just, interesting, like, he seemed like the better man in this whole scenario. And it just leads to today's, hi, I've got a boyfriend. I wasn't even asking you, <laughs> bitch. Like, it's, yeah. It's um, in, in the middle ground. It's, it's, not li- hard. it's not that difficult to not be a creeper. Yeah. Let's just also point out that this is something in cinema. Like, we love movies. We all love movies. There's so many great things about it. But this is one of those things in movies that teaches a very, like, negative... uh, I can't think of the word. But the fact that, like, in the movie he pursues her, he continues to, like, ask her. And that's supposed to be seen as something, like, noble. That he's so in love with her that he keeps asking her. And that's not... That's not something to aspire to being, which I guess is fine because, you know, the ending of the movie. It's played as endearing and she's like, oh, no. And then no, no. And but she's still like it's it's portrayed not in a a great way. And she's nice because it's a different time. If that was now, it'd be a different story. Pull the knife on him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she had a cane with a knife. I don't know. I really want this cane with a knife in it, though. That's all I'm saying. Like a sword. Have a sword a fight. Swordsman. Mm-hmm. In the full moon part of things. Yeah. Sorry, I just the full moon wasn't wasn't a part of the original story. Uh, it didn't come about till the sequel because they and they actually retcon the poem that they uh, that they recite to ah. talk about the full moon because in this it just says the moon. Um, Autumn moon. Every man who is even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers at night may become a wolf when the wolf's bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright, which is a cool little poem. And they changed it uh, in the sequels to say, like full full and bright. Yeah. So that's what added the full moon thing. That's why he was able to turn into a wolf man thing what like three nights in a row and 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 there is no uh it's not like the movie werewolf where it's a full moon for a month and that's why they keep turning into werewolves like at this point it was just nah just the moon as long as the moon's out you're you're gonna change you're gonna get all fuzzy you you didn't say that name right werewolf (laughs) werewolf Werewolf. (laughs) um I'm, I've been making notes as I watch the movies, but I don't know what this note means. Uh, I wrote a note that says puppy plays rough. Was there uh, probably the wolf was the dog of the wolf dog of one of the actors slash director or whatever it was. No, it was, oh, it was yeah. Lon Chaney's dog. Yeah. Lon Chaney's dog. You see the dog and <laughs> then it's supposed to be the wolf. It's yeah, clearly which, a dog. Like it's, <laughs> it is not even close to a wolf. It's uh, not even. Uh, can can you then, say this? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no you, yeah, you, you go. My, my point is very different. So, 
Um, but yeah, so puppy plays rough, kills whatever, then starts <laughs> to guess shape shift into the man. Um, it was just that was a funny part that made me laugh. Also funny that that, that he the, the so the original werewolf is a dog. And then when uh, our main character turns into one, he's suddenly a man-wolf thing. There's a reason for that. We weren't supposed Alex. to see the see the wolf, or his wolf form at all. Yep. It's because of the studios. It's supposed to yeah. be a psychological thriller. Yeah, but the and, studio and, wanted to see it. Yeah, and quite honestly, I think it would have been really a cool story to make it like full on psychological and, and make you question is, are these things really happening or is it all in his head? Like mm-hmm. that could have been really neat to see. Um, and you could see it, see some of the scenes that they filmed that they were oh, leading yeah. that way, especially with him breaking down with his dad. Well, and, and that's just it. Like those scenes would be so much more powerful than they already are. If we're, questioning what's going on and we don't know either but as the audience knowing like full on no dude dude done turned into a werewolf like he's a wolf man fuzzy he hasn't shaved in a few days he's running around the woods killing people and we saw that um and clearly saw him change and all of that like i think it, ma- it makes for a very different movie um but i think it makes for a very compelling story to tell because now we're we're worried about like is this dude really losing his mind like who knows? Instead, he turns into the only clothed werewolf I've ever seen, yeah. which was one of my I, 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 I like. I like that the werewolves turn into they're fully clothed in clothes they were not wearing prior to changing. Mind you, that's what I was just going to say. He <laughs> took off his shirt that. and he just had the the uh, the tank under yeah. t- undershirt. He bought he bought the uniform and, and, and took off his shoes and yep. then he still had the pants on, but it was all hairy they were, underneath. They were different pants. That's oh, I didn't thing. notice they were different he, pants. So he takes his shirt off and he's got the little, you know, a undershirt, uh, white thing, white undershirt. And then he's got like tan pants, like a lighter colored pant. And then, and he takes off his shoes and his socks, his, his legs get hairy. And suddenly he's wearing dark shirt and, and pants that are all the same color as the fur that's grown on them. So that's part of your werewolf powers is you grow fur and it changes the color of your clothing and the style of your clothing. Um, and then, but then when you turn back, you're still wearing it. So, you know, yeah. it's, handy. it's handy. It's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> a, Hulk, a Hulk could have used this power, right? Yeah. Instead of like and, ripping and, the clothes. And then Bella Lugosi's werewolf that was, uh, quadruped all of a sudden still has his clothes on when he changes back. Get his vest, <laughs> everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you change back to your regular clothes. That's because uh, well, no one could be naked in movies back then. Yeah, Bella Lugosi. His, Bella changed back into his original clothes. Uh, Larry, however, cha- stayed in whatever clothes were transformed by his wolfman powers. Oh my god. <laughs> I love the continuity. And, but barefoot. And and not only barefoot, but he's bipedal, but his tracks look like a wolf because the, the way his feet change when he 
uh, transforms, mm-hmm. which apparently was incredibly uncomfortable to wear because it was like some kind of rubber boot that he put on. Mm-hmm. And it's because it was like having a heel, but without the heel. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> like wearing high heels, up. kind of like a, or like walking on your tippy toes. Ha, take that. Yeah. I walk like that normally anyways when I don't have shoes on. Werewolf. But I will say this, as, as cheeseball as that is, I like the look of it. It's it's such a classic look of the Wolfman. I mean, and it's just a dude, mm-hmm. a really, really hairy dude. Uh, but it's great. 1941, like back in that day, that was something that was something to see. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think this could have been like a really great psychological thriller. But it's so hard not thinking about it as this classic thing, you know? Uh, yeah, I, that's the, the thing. I Part of me wants to see the version of this that is the psychological thriller and, and really like diving into it, diving into the, the whole thing. Because he's supposed to be have been estranged from his dad right for 18 years or something and he only comes home because his brother was killed that's mentioned in the beginning of the movie and then forget about the brother we're not going to talk about him for the rest of the movie who cares brother who no whatever um so like playing with all of that i think would have been really cool but at the same time then it's not a universal monster movie right and this mm-hmm. this is made in the era of creature from the black lagoon and uh dracula and frankenstein and the bride of frankenstein and like it fits in with mummy. all of them so mummy. well the mummy yep invisible yeah. man this just like it's basically like back then was uh like our marvel thing i like to say all the different monsters that came out one after another and then they would meet each other and oh they did a strange crossover movies Huh? Uh, they yeah. did redo attempt to redo it with the, the, the mummy movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the problem there was they made one and they yeah. gave up. They cut they they cut bait after one attempt. Um, was that the no, are we talking about the, the the Tom Cruise mummy? Tom Cruise mummy. Yeah, the Tom Cruise mummy. On, I didn't Dracula even bother told to was that. supposed to be a part of it. Uh, I Frankenstein was a part of it. I will tell you that the uh, Invisible Man from, I don't know, five years ago or whatever, that one is so good. Yeah, that one is really good. Because there's there's two ways to remake these movies, right? There is trying to remake the story that was done, whether it's Dracula, whether it's the 2010 remake of this movie, Wolfman. Um, And then there's doing the Invisible Man the way they did it a few years ago, which is to just like take the concept and change it and make it something new. Um, the 2010 Wolfman, I don't want to talk about it too much, but like it had ideas, but it was not executed. Well, part of that was Joe Johnston was brought in like four weeks before they started filming and was told you got to shoot this in 80 days. And then he ended up going over, um, and all of that. So like, there was there was some uh, some behind the scenes drama involved there, um, but you know it's it's like remaking these classic movies is tough. Exactly, you know it's hard to remake. It's been hard to remake um, a lot of these movies the way that they were made back then. But I 
it had to be such a time. Like, I am so... When I think back, I'm being able to go and watch all the Marvel movies and watch, like, Iron Man and, and everything come out so many years after another. Um, you know, I know that's something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And I imagine the people who went to the theaters in the 20s and 30s and 40s, like, these are the things that, you know, well, at least the horror fans, they remember, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon and going to see the Invisible Man the next year and, like... It just seems like such a, another magical time and, you know, in cinema. Well, Would have been between, a nice time to see. Yeah, between 1931 and 1941, when this movie came out. This movie came out December 12th, 1941. Dracula was the first one. There were 19 movies made in 10 years by Universal. Not counting the Spanish version of Dracula. <laughs> you, had, you had Dracula, Frankenstein, you had The Mummy... Uh, Invisible Man, Black Cat, and a and a host of other ones. Werewolf of London, Dracula's Daughter, Son of Frankenstein, like just a ton. And then, I mean, it kept going throughout the 40s. Mm-hmm. They, they kept making them. And it was just a different, it was also like such a different era of filmmaking that, because uh, I was looking at Lon Chaney Jr., who didn't start acting until he was in his 20s, uh, even though he, you know, f- the son of a, one of the most famous actors of his era in Lon Chaney. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy worked like when he started acting, he would do anything and everything. It didn't matter if it was like a bit part or what in 1937, he granted like most of these are uncredited. So they were probably just background roles, but he is got 19 credits in that year alone. Wow. So, it's nuts. And that was in the midst of like, you know, six movies the year before that and like eight movies the year after. And it's just, it was such a different era of filmmaking when everything was in LA and all the movies were made there. And it was just, you could just be under contract with the studio and hop from movie to movie to movie on the lot. Yeah. And not just movies. I'm sure they're, no. Yeah. Just serials. Yeah, well, there would be movies and, and serials, um, mm, so short true. form stuff. But uh, but still, like you know, you when know, your I, filmography is, it's just it's just crazy to look at, and it's it's so it's such a different world to think about in terms of filmmaking. Yeah, and uh, it, you know, it it crossed my mind because I was like, you know, do I do I pick Frankenstein to watch? Do I pick Dracula? And I went with Wolfman ultimately just because, I don't know, I had a hankering for something with fur on it. And and that's why I started because, like, normally I like to go in more of a, not necessarily like time order, but I would have wanted to see some of the older stuff first. But this movie just popped out to me and, and called to me and was like, ow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But yeah, I've yet to see Frankenstein all the way through. I've seen most of the movie. Um, I've seen some Draculas, but they're like the 60s ones. So I haven't seen like the 30s. I missed out on all the monster movies. And The Wizard of Oz, which is also a monster movie if you think about it. Yes, Dorothy was one heck of a monster. It's true. And Toto too. (laughs) Oh, Toto just misses the rains down in Africa. 
So Dreadly, mm-hmm. we never asked you what your I how know. you felt about the movie. I'm so sorry. Rude. Well, you can <laughs> chime in also. Now we need to redo all of this. Like everything. No, no, no. It's fine. I was keeping it a little more free form and we were all just talking and you know, <laughs> so tell us how you felt about the movie. Well, this was it. actually the first time I've seen it. Because reasons. I don't know. Also, I'm not a big werewolf fan, as we all know. Uh, I like this movie because, uh, as we've discussed, uh, the old look, there was, there was that era of movie making, the, the visuals, and something we haven't mentioned yet, but the sound, the music, the score. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. just so relaxing in a way. Watching these movies is very relaxing. Because the music, it just brings you, I don't know, makes you feel things. <laughs> well, it, and it's like our sensibilities are so different now when we watch a movie to be scared and horror movies. And at that time, it was such a different world to go and have that experience that this would scare people. And there would be moments that would be scary for people. Um and if you if, if we were born in that era, it would it would obviously be very very different. But there's also like a comfort. I think is a great way to put it. There's something comforting about that that old Hollywood and watching this and the way the the music is done uh, is really good. Like I can't remember. I couldn't hum you much like of the tunes, but it just felt right. Yeah, and it's basically all always there through the entire mm-hmm. movie. It's an actual score, or you can say it's like, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. The little poems that uh, that she reads and stuff, the little spells. Those yeah. They're just so great. Like, I, I instantly I knew that if I had watched this movie as a kid, I would have memorized every single poem, and I would have, like, tried to pretend that I could do a spell, you know, because, like, as a kid, you you still believe in magic and things like that. And, um, you know, that would have been something that I would have attached myself to. I've been like her. The like thorny path. Fortunes. What? Yeah. The thorny path. It's really beautiful, actually like very like poetic. And like the way that it morphs throughout the movie to like, you know, say goodbye to her son and then to give, uh, Larry peace for a moment and then to give Larry peace forever basically and mm. it's it's really sad yeah it's ultimately a very tragic movie because Larry we joked about how much Larry is a creeper and look he he is especially by today's <laughs> standards not so much in the lens of 1940s um, but still like he just came home because his brother had died and now he's a werewolf and he's killing people and he doesn't remember it. And he gets killed by his own dad. And in a not fun way either. Like he just, he gets beat profusely by his dad. Uh, that's rough. <laughs> it's, it's ultimately a very tragic and very sad ending. And then, and, and on top of that, it just ends. Like they all see Larry Lang there and it's just, the end, roll credits. Or in this case, the end and the movie. And, and the saddest thing is is how you feel for Claude Rains, because like he's the one that's left living, knowing that like his one son was just killed 
and now he killed his only son that was left. And, and, was and his... apparently he didn't have a wife. I didn't pay attention. I'm sure she died too, because Jesus Christ, yeah. this poor guy. It's just everyone's dying around him. Well, it was also his fault to begin with, because he's the one who had a telescope that needed fixing or building or finishing. I don't know. Yep, yeah. set up. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't done that, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Blame innocent Claude Rains. How dare you? Ah. How dare you? Now, I do remember the remake actually talked about the mom. She was a, she was actually like mentioned in that, uh, but yeah. they went a very different direction there uh, oh. with a few of the characters. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not. So no, I don't know. I've only heard bad things. And I was like, you know, uh, someday I'll watch the actual Wolfman. Choices were, choices were made. And <laughs> whether or not you agree with them, it does make it a very different movie, I think. Uh, I think now that you've seen this, I think it's worth it to watch the remake just to see what they tried to do. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. I'm sure, like, we'll have, like, a, a a night when we're like, oh, what should we watch? Oh, I guess we could throw on the 2010 Benicio Del Toro. Hey, I said his name right. Yeah, we say the wrong Del Toro. Um, But, yeah. What's the body count in this? Three? Uh, Jenny? One in the tree. Jenny, Bella... Uh, the dude in the graveyard. Yeah. Uh, the grave, grave digger. Yep. Yep. Larry. So there's four. Is that it? Because he, he only killed the one guy. Uh, because the second night he went out was when he got caught in the bear trap. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then the third one night guy, Larry, is when he got beat. Jenny and... Yeah, so four. Four people. Yeah, I love how they just credit him as the wolf man instead of Larry. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. In the credits. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Larry. We hardly uh, knew ye. Uh, credit to Lon Chaney Jr. He's the only one of the Universal Monster actors that got to play the same character all the time. Like he, he was uh, Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, in every occurrence of that character in the Universal movies. Yeah, he really got over that death. <laughs> yeah, they keep they they kept figuring out ways to bring him back and bring him back, and he even got to meet Abbott and Costello at one point. Oh, yeah, so. I definitely want to watch those. Those I haven't yeah. seen either. Yeah, it was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, and he gets the the other thing was like he was so he wasn't born Lon Chaney. Um, his father was Leonidas, and he shortened it to Lon. And actually, initially, didn't even want uh, his kid to get into acting, uh, but then when he died of throat cancer, poor guy, um, at like forty. Uh, after that was uh, Lon Jr. got into acting and he, he started off under his orig- his uh, his given name, um, which I'll see if I can find Creighton. Creighton Chaney was, was his name. 
And it was the studio that wanted him to go by Lon Chaney Jr. And then if you notice in this movie, he's credited as just as Lon Chaney. And yeah. part of that was Universal wanted the confusion of if it was yeah. actually the same Lon Chaney or not. And I think oh, this yeah. this is obviously pre-Screen Actors Guild, so you, you could just call yourself whatever you wanted, pretty much. Like, there weren't rules like you have now. Yeah, and even if, like, people thought it was his son, they would probably still want to be like, oh, that's Lon Chaney's son. I want to go watch him in a movie. I don't know why people talk like that mm-hmm. back then, but they did. Mid-Atlantic um, accent. They didn't actually talk that way. They only did it on film. I know. Some people don't. A lot of people don't realize that, which is why it's great when you find, like, YouTube clips. Uh, you find videos on YouTube of compilations of, like, actors breaking character in old movies. And it's so funny because it just – the first time you see it, it makes your brain hurt. Like, wait a minute. No, they didn't talk like that? What's going on? I find it so funny when people affect accents and they affect a way of speaking, that well, kind it, of stuff. <laughs> most of it was because of the recording equipment of the time. It was it was difficult to get a clear recording. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that's that's why like crooners and that style of singing, like that Bing Crosby style of singing, didn't come along until we had amplification, because that wouldn't work in a stage pre, uh, thing with no, no amplification. And it's the same, like the mid Atlantic accent. A lot of that was because microphones at the time just didn't have the fidelity. So they needed to affect a voice that could be understood clearly I as we've gotten better. And as thing, as the recording equipment has gotten better, we can be more natural in our speech. So there's a combination of like stage and the equipment that they had, you know, created that. I, I, I always just figured it was we couldn't figure out movies yet. And we're just like, we didn't know how to talk. Like, we went from, no, you know, not having talking pictures to like talkies. And all of a sudden we're like, oh crap, how are we going to talk in the movies? And it's like, you know, yeah. Ooh, radio voice. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you think of like old, old recording equipment and my natural speaking voice on that, it would sound horrible because the microphones couldn't pick up like my register nearly as well as I'd have to take a lot of the bass out of it, bring it up so that, and and make it very tinny. That's why old radio sounds so tinny because they didn't have the bass. Let's go to Jimmy in the studio. No, I getcha. I getcha. But you know what it's time for? The 13. The 13 is a specially cultivated list of tropes or favorite things from horror movies. This list may change or be adjusted as time goes on and in real time because this is real life. And there's not a full moon, is there? Oh. Why did I just think of Cookie Crisp? <laughs> that uh, definitely sounded like a Cookie Crisp howl. Cookie Crisp. <laughs> oh, man. Do they still make that? I don't think so. That's a terrible cereal, but it's a good cereal. Don't give your kids that, I swear. It's just cookies. Number one, kitty cat. No, but dog. 
There was a dog. There was a couple of dogs. There was a couple there was of a wolf. Breaks off that one dog. Like, I know the dog goes behind the tree, but he, like, the character's just beating that that wolf uh, with that cane. Hardcore. <laughs> Poor pup pup. The character's dad did the same thing to the character. <laughs> yeah, but at least at least his dad was beating some strange monstrosity that was half man, half wolf. He was just like, puppy, I'm going to beat the hell out of this puppy. It changed also. Like, it went from the dog to, like, I don't know if it was, like, a man in a costume or a puppet or something, but, like, it changed when it went behind the tree. Well, yeah, like he from actually beat the yeah. dog. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but you didn't actually see him beat the dog. It was all, like, you know, um, implied or whatever. But um, I thought that was interesting, too. The three forms of Bela Lugosi. Number two. I think we can skip past this pretty quickly. Volkswagen. No! One of of the horses (laughs) might have been a Volkswagen. (laughs) German horse. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Sure, why not? I mean, the Number only three. car was that Italian car that he drove in the beginning. There was a car? Yeah, he drove up to the manor in a car. He had to drive. Oh, my God. I didn't even think they had cars back then. Yeah, yeah it was anyway. an Italian a mix car. of horse and carriage and cars. I'm winking. Just joking. Sure. Number three. Scary location, time of the year. Hmm. Full moon. Foggy, woodsy area. Creepy night, creepy woods at night. Creepy yep. woods at night with the extra fog. That fog was thick as fuck, by the way. That fog looked awesome. It was yeah. almost yeah. as foggy in those woods in the movie as it was at my house this morning. Yeah. That was, was very silent hillish. I was oh, I was on the lookout for and that was, and that's the old school, you know, that's probably like carcinogenic fog they were using in those fog machines too. Like everybody. Oh yeah, everyone's yeah. dead now. Uh, uh, apparently uh, the, the actress for what's her name, I don't even remember anymore, uh, was supposed to faint during the final scenes just before the attack of the Wolfman. And the first scene she went down and they had to look for her and revive her. <laughs> Because she was down in the fog so long. Yeah. That's well, acting. Uh, was it uh, Lon Chaney Sr., part of what ended up like speeding up his, you know, and having him die at such a young age was he got fake snow lodged in his throat. Oh, no. He ended up, he died from a that's, throat hemorrhage. Yeah, that, that's his vestus. Yeah he, had, yeah. he had cancer and then he had a throat hemorrhage and it was, yeah, it was like asbestos. It was bad. That's horrible. Well, you know, there wasn't uh, OSHA wasn't a thing, and so the, a lot Not of that stuff that. wasn't vetted. But like, yeah, it's it's awful. It's it's so sad. I was watching something, and it was like talking about the Wizard of Oz, and even though I've never seen the movie, apparently I'm watching stuff about it. But like how the snow in that was asbestos and stuff, and we just didn't know, and and that sucks because I know there's stuff right now that we don't know that later on we're gonna be like, can you believe people were doing this? And you know we're just clearly sitting there doing whatever the hell it is, and 20 years from now we're gonna be like, that's what killed us. But it's just really sad. Like he lived to 40, his son lived to I think 63, something like that, or something like that. 
and uh, which is better, but still. And Claude Rains, who once again I'm going to point out was five two, and he lived to be like eighty eight years old. So, which should tell you that short people have superpowers. Yeah, all short people live longer. I get that. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not long for this world. Sorry. Not like I'm much shorter than you. I think I'm the shortest one on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you are. I live forever. <laughs> yeah, you and you and Dreadley will live forever. Oh wait, I think Dreadley's taller. Yeah. All right, me and Fair live forever. <laughs> the full moon. This did invent that, right? No, that was not the was just. So the sequel. So we can't claim that it did it, but... uh, No, but we still have Creepy Woods, so... Did this invent fog? (laughs) Yes, there was no fog. I mean, not actual fog, but like, (laughs) is this the first movie you see, like, fog like that? Um, I wonder. No, they they were using fog in all the movies. Uh, I was going to say, the people in England saw this movie, and they were like, we need to have fog everywhere now. <laughs> and rain, constant rain. They certainly oh. didn't know anything about it at that time. <laughs> Number four <laughs> Meta humor, fourth wall breaks, mentioning the title. No. No. They mention the title, obviously, right? right? They don't no. ever say, no, they just say werewolf. Hey, wolfman. It's a werewolf. Nobody says the wolfman. Okay. Well, there you go. Number five, archetype characters. Crazy Raw from Friday the 13th. I didn't say it. You did. It I didn't say nothing. Well, we've got, um, we've got the clairvoyant. That's like an archetype character. Seeing the impending doom of the, uh, Poor Jenny. Yeah, we were only in the movie for 15 minutes. <laughs> Can I point out that that was a fun, funny scene? Uh, Jenny gets attacked. He goes in to you know, rescue her and beats the shit out of the werewolf. And then the girl's like, oh, are you okay? And no one mentions Jenny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Until later. Oh, yeah. Jenny's there, too, somewhere. Uh, She's the chick in the forest. (laughs) She's She's the chick in the bucket in the forest. She's supposed to be your best friend or something. Uh, Go check on her. No. I mean, somebody eventually does, so we can't say she's an actual chick in the bucket. But, yeah. No, the the chick in the bucket of the movie is the brother. Because he's mentioned at the beginning as the whole reason for Larry coming home. And then it's like... Are you gonna bury him? No, we're just—we're not even gonna like nothing. That's it. He, we look at a—we look at a painting of him and we move on. Hey, look—you know, honestly, it worked out in the dad's favor because now he can bury them together. It's true. Yeah, save, save him some money. Well, uh, Lon Chaney playing the Wolf Band, the Wolf Band being a character of uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm thinking of? Like, cursed. Tragic. Tragic character. Not just tragic, but, like, it's not his, like, we're sympathetic to him, I guess. 
it's just like he didn't ask for this. He's not actually a monster and he can't control the thing. Like, that's just that's really sad. You know, you watch so many movies where it's like Freddy Krueger and things like that. And you're like, these people are pure evil. But it's a little bit harder to watch somebody who is probably a good person aside from the creeping stuff. But like, is, you know, a good person, you know, struck by this curse. Yeah. Yeah, there isn't there isn't your traditional protagonist and antagonist and, and all of that in this. It's just like people. And one of them happens to get afflicted with a curse and he eats people. Yeah, whatever. It happens. <laughs> Goes for the jugular. Happens to us yeah. all. They really like that jugular. Mm-hmm. Um number six. We can skip over this one fast too, but pointless boobies, weird wings, moonies. No. No. Not it's even a full moony. Apparently. Not one. Uh, Fully uh, clothed werewolf. Yep. Yeah. Nobody was ever naked. He took his socks off, so uh, there you go, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but that's it. That's all you get. I'm sure he's listening to this, right? Uh-huh. Um, number, <laughs> number seven. Telling, retelling the legend and or establishing the movie's rules... Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. That's this whole that's over this and movie. over again. This is t- <laughs> telling the legend of the movie. Yeah. Not only is it telling the legend, but it's also creating the legend yep. for the rest of forever, basically, so far. Forever so far. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> That's going to be the name of my memoir. <laughs> like this isn't the first werewolf movie, but every movie yeah. involving werewolves owes something to the wolf man. Mm-hmm. Number eight, dance sequence, montage sequence. Um, no, no. He dances with the wolf dog. Wait, do they dance somewhere? No, they don't dance in this movie. I was trying to think if there was something where they were at the carnival and dancing, but no. Um, oh, there is a penis measuring contest, though, if you noticed, uh, with the shooting of the thing. Like, oh, yeah, let's shoot against each other. Like, okay, men. Yeah, he good shot job. three of them, but could shoot the wolf, and then the other guy shoots the wolf and says, good luck next time. It's like, you shot one, he shot three. I mean, the fight uh, <laughs> wolf is like triple points. Yeah. In that town, it is. <laughs> but it's just—I mean—that's just carnival games, right? That's that's what they had. So of course it's going to be a competition because Frank isn't actually jealous, but he's jealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to be the bigger man because of course he's jealous. But like, you gotta pretend that you're not jealous, otherwise, then you're a jerk. Number nine. Someone does stupid shit or that scared the shit out of me. I kind of didn't feel like anybody was like egregiously stupid in this movie. Well, I guess running alone in the woods. Well, she, she was freaked out and she ran 
I don't know why she ran into the woods, but well, they walked through the woods to get there. She got freaked out and ran out, but yeah. it was because Bela basically said, "You need to get out of here." She ran off, and he was like, "Ooh, there goes my dinner," and chased her. So, yum, yum. like, she didn't really yeah, do anything. I, I, I don't feel like I guess she couldn't find them. Yeah, maybe. Ooh, did anything scare us? Not really. No. Again, like I said earlier, with the you know different sensibilities we have nowadays with like movies, this isn't. Plus, monster movies and creature features typically are a little different in terms of like the scary scale. And well, yeah. So you couple all that together. No, nothing really scared me. I do. Think yeah, I mean, it'll yeah. be a different feeling, right? Yeah. I do think again, if they if they had leaned really heavily into the psychological aspects of it, there could have been some really good scary moments, and like diving into and getting into the head of like somebody going through this, and and all that could have been. But it's not the movie they were making. So, any favorite tropes? I mean, well, the whole being a creep and still getting the girl. In a way, did he really get the girl though? Oh, he did. That's yeah, what I he, felt. She was like, she yeah. was ready to go with him. <laughs> well, yeah, it was forgotten quickly. But she also didn't leave her fiance. Technically, died before she could. Wait, what? Wolfman died before she could leave. Oh yeah, I was gonna say her fiance's still alive. Well, yeah. Well, all I'm saying is that if a woman tells you that she's ready to be with you. But she's still fianced. Guess what? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. She's probably not leaving her fiance for you because she hasn't done it yet. M- maybe she would have had a nice wild night with the wolf. But. <laughs> but I mean, who hasn't? Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly. Number 10. Solitude shots. Oh, just the foggy forest. I don't care. Like. They show some of those scenes. Uh, you can eat the fog. I mean, don't because it's like we said, it's poisonous or whatever. Uh-huh. But like, that's what it looks like. You, it looks like you could take a bite out of it. Nom, nom. It's so beautiful. And it's almost n- never seeing this movie before. It's just. I knew what it looked like, you know? So many things, like we mentioned, they'll show like a scene here or there and something or other. You know? Yep. Just beautiful. Poor Claude Rains. I really feel bad for him. Number 11. Scary score, spooky soundtrack. I like this. Yeah. I thought the score was lovely. Obviously, no soundtrack, but um, it I was lovely. Don't remember the music? <laughs> I enjoyed. I enjoyed the music, though it it was very fitting and and very well done. Yeah. It's also the kind of score that you don't really remember because it's there as part of the movie. Not like it's not trying to stand out. It's just. Yep. Helping to create the atmosphere and 
That's all. I did a good job. Number 12. I think we can mostly skip over this, by the way, but Final Girl. Um, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad? Is it not, isn't that a traditional type of Final Girl? Yeah, like no. She survived. Well, yeah, but she's more like, she feels more like a damsel in distress than a final girl. The, the dad is the final girl. Right? <laughs> no, that's not how final girl works. Yes, it is. Uh, but no, even if you wanted to call her final girl, it's not breaking convention and it's not, it's not a positive way. It's not a negative. It's just, it, it, well, you know, it's it is. She's in peril. What? It's not that type of movie. It's yeah, not. Exactly. It, it's, it's not the movie that has a final girl. Yeah. Uh, because. <laughs> Hasn't even been invented yet. Yeah. Exactly. Not a, <laughs> I think we mentioned that before in an episode. Of, this is pre final girl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we haven't done many movies. I'm pretty uh, sure we have said it once. I don't know. Before. No, no, I'm not saying we haven't said it. I'm saying we haven't done many movies older than stuff. We've done what? Like Psycho and. Yeah. Something else. So, like, a lot of what we've watched and experienced for the show has been within that final girl realm within a lot of the, that's what the 13 is. It's basically our list of the stuff that we grew up with seeing in the movies that we watched Yep. and we're applying them to a movie from 1941. Anyway, moving on <laughs> number 13, the Savini scale of gore. It's not the quantity of gore. It's the quality of gore, special effects and monsters. So how many, uh, Harry paws, Let's go with hairy legs. Hairy hairy feet. Paws. Yeah, hairy, hairy feet. <laughs> hairy feet. You look like a but hobbit. The paws are cute. <laughs> I mean, I there isn't much. And what they do, it's not bad. It's just not what we come remember, to expect nowadays. Remember to adjust for inflation. Yeah, I mean yeah. for its time, you know, cross dissolves were not new. Uh, or they were new-ish, but they weren't like unheard of. But it was so well done. Here's the thing. Yeah. What took? Because uh, that that last we don't see his face change until the end of the movie, right? We see the feet change, yeah. but the the full on face um, we don't see until the end of the movie. That took like ten hours to shoot. It's like a few seconds of footage, but it took ten hours to because they would have him in place and. They would use a piece of glass over the camera to and mark it where he was in frame. And then he would get up and he would go to the makeup area and they would apply more of the makeup. And he'd come back, lay back down, adjust himself to where the marks were. And then they'd shoot a little bit more, like a few, a few feet. And then he'd get up and he'd go back and he had to keep doing that over and over and over. So it was like a full 10 hour day to shoot that one shot that they could then oh. edit together. So like that alone is, is pretty phenomenal that they, they had that much dedication and, and took the time to do that. And it works because it's a memorable moment at the end of the movie where he slowly morphs back 
um, you know, obviously what we can do now can look better. Um, but certainly for its time, just groundbreaking, really, really cool looking stuff. Yep. And when he's sitting in the chair changing for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the feet. Mm-hmm. And just the simple fact that the like we we keep reminding, uh, we keep saying that the this inspired like the next generation, like all of the Lon Chaney movies that would come out next, and then the next generation, and the ones in the eighties that we grew up with, like this inspired those. Which you know we get to the eighties and we have like the the wonderful, um, you know, Tom Savini's and Rick Baker's and yeah, the other dude that I forgot his name, but <laughs> sorry, other guy. You're also Whoever wonderful. Did the the one that I didn't mention, the one that did the Howling, or the one that did the Werewolf in London. Yep, Botine. Yeah, I, it's just it, it's one of those things. Like Lon Chaney Senior was so groundbreaking in in makeup effects in movies period is you know lon lon's dad and then to see kind of the evolution of that and now we get to hear and what they were able to do i think it's really cool and it just it's neat to go back and see kind of where we had to crawl before movies could run so i like seeing that and it looked good yeah did anybody actually want to give a score though <laughs> i'd say six out of ten Take some points away for for that uh, not so great uh, moving wall for the for the car ride. <laughs> that reminded me of, of naked gun and everything. And I just expected well, it was the same, to show the, the Colosseum or something. <laughs> but they did. Yeah, it was same technique. They're making fun yeah. of it. There, they're parodying it. I know, but because I grew up with that, I expected the inverse. Now, like, huh? is there going to be a gag now? Oh no, because this is a serious nope. movie. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. I I am going to give it an adjusted for inflation seven out of ten. I'll just slot in between there with a six and a half. Wow, mm-hmm. threesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna... And I'm in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that means you get you get a penis in you and a you know what? I'm going to stop talking now. Anyway, I'm going to go with a seven. <laughs> I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, tiger paws. With, no, werewolf monkey's paws. What were we doing? I don't remember. But I'm going to give it seven yeah. out of ten. <laughs> I thought that the it was really great. And... Um, there's just magic on some of these old movies. And that's why we we keep going back to them. This definitely won't be my last time watching this movie. So, that's the Savini scale of gore. And that'll wrap up the 13 for this episode. And now we'll play... What the hell was that? It's where we play a clip from our next movie provided by our clip curator, Dreadly. Play the clip, Dreadly. I'm gonna drink your blood like cranberry sauce, Mimi. Can you guess that movie? Give it a try on Twitter, and don't forget to tag the show. 
And if no one guesses it, we'll still post our gift clues next Friday. So be sure to follow us at Gore Podcast. And the first person to guess it correctly gets a shout out on the next episode. And you can be like Squatch, who guessed correctly. Squatch got it two times in a row anyway, so both the stuff and Halloween too. Thank you, Squatch. Uh, we didn't get any emails this week, but if you'd like to email the show, you can do that at gorepodcast13 at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash gore13. But until next episode, where can people find you, Travis? Uh, I am on Twitter at TV's Travis, uh, and you can also go to my website, tvstravis.com. Faye, where can people find you? Also on Twitter at Chibi Faylin. And finally, Dreadly, tell people how they can travel to the bowels of hell to find you. Well, just head on to thedreadzone.com and you'll find links to my Twitch and Twitter and all that stuff. And where can people find you, Miss Spicket Kitten? <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at WickedKitten13. Thank you everyone for listening. And I hope we made it a little harder to fall asleep tonight.